You're listening to the Music Hills podcast, a space where we discuss the human relationship with music and the impact it has on our physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Ray, welcome to the Music Hills podcast, episode 11. Our Music Hills quote of the day is It is the poets, artists, and musicians that will carry us through the pandemic attacks into a new reality. They are the ones who tell us how to navigate, breathe, feel, think, enjoy, and fully live our lives. And this is a quote by Eric Pevernagy. He is a Belgian writer and painter, and he contributes a lot to Goodreads.com. And I just thought this quote was interesting because um, not only are the creatives the ones who are currently influencing our feelings on a daily basis through whatever their form of expression is, but they're also helping us to articulate our feelings in a way that words just don't really do justice. And they're doing that through... Um, these artistic forms of expression that sometimes don't come easily to most of us because let's be honest most of us are not really talented in that way (laughs) Um, but I think that this is especially helpful right now because we're all experiencing well a lot of us I won't say all of us but a good majority of us are experiencing these heightened feelings of anxiety and we have been for you know the past year and a half and really tapping into um, the people who can hone in on their talents to provide some some sort of um, calm and relief, I think is especially helpful right now. So uh, what am I currently listening to to get me through? So Wale just released a new project a few days ago. Um, And honestly, this release is really giving me like Big Sean, Detroit 2, comeback energy, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I feel like Wale is really talking his shit, right? Like, I feel like as an artist, he talks a lot about what he has contributed to the rap game. A lot of people poke fun at him because he complains a lot about um, not receiving like his due recognition. But with this project, I feel like he was like, all right, like I'm done talking about it. Let me just show y'all once again (laughs) why I should be um, like highly regarded, highly respected as a lyricist. And to be honest, like I love that for him. He has a lot of great collabs on the project, including a track named More uh, More Love featuring Sean Stockman of Boyz II Men. And he also has Sauce of Backyard Band on there so that was a cool nod to dc and the dmv where he's from and i will say though like my favorite track on the project so far it's it's like a tie between the two um i really really love more love but the one that i'm playing the most is caramel and caramel samples um the song caramel kisses by faith evans that she released back in 1998. so i'm gonna play a little bit of this one because it's not such a good one 
ever known. Cupid caught me with no Kevlar, my shit exposed. My heart is bleeding on my sleeve, but it ain't even broke. It's just that everybody see what I ain't mean to show. And if I'm falling, you ain't gotta be my The next song that I've been listening to to get me through. So I've been working out about three to four times per week. And I have noticed that if I don't have a good playlist to help push me through my workouts in the gym, they are not fun. Like I'm not as engaged. I really be ready to go home before the hour is up. So I'm and I'm always asking my friends, like, um, what are you listening to in the gym? And the suggestions like typically are not very helpful. <laughs> just because we all have like different listening um, preferences but I did recently come across this track from Isaiah Rashad's new project The House is Burning the track is called From the Garden and it's featuring little Uzi Vert perfect upbeat track to get you hype on the treadmill warm-up it reminds me of that song um, Coming In Hot by Andy Mineo featuring Lecrae I think it is but like the hood version so I really, really like it. <laughs> Came out bussin', came out puffin', came out fuckin' on your cousin. I do all these fluzes, what's up? Then they daddy, but you love her, you in trouble. I'm the sunny, I'm gon' barber to a satin. That's your busy, it ain't shit. I went shopping, left it running, check my honeys, check my onion. We watch cable and my auntie, cause my papa wasn't. So the next song that I've been listening to to get me through. So let me just tell y'all, when I first heard this song, in natural Soraya fashion, I thought that it was about a man. <laughs> I thought it was about like leaving a man or getting somebody out of her space that she didn't want there. And it took me a second to actually like read the title of the song. I'm so embarrassed <laughs> because it's literally the name of the song. Um, to realize that she was speaking about her anxiety or like feeling anxious. So anyway, the song is named Anxiety by Jojo, right? And there's this line in the beginning where she says, I wish I knew the difference between your voice and mine. And it wasn't it wasn't until I heard that line that I was like, wait a minute, like she's not talking about somebody. She's talking about the anxious voice that lives in her brain. <laughs> And I really felt that because as somebody who struggles with anxiety, you really do. Some days you're like, are these thoughts my own thoughts or are they a product of my anxiety? Are these things that I'm saying about myself or these feelings that I'm feeling about me or the way that I'm navigating through life? Are they um, genuine? Like, are, are these things that are coming from me? Or are they coming from anxiety, right? So, um, but I think it's it's cute, kind of, in a way that, in the way that she framed the song with the lyrics, right? And also in the title of the song, in parentheses, the subtitle is Berlinda's Theme. And so I read that JoJo actually named her anxiety Berlinda, and Berlinda is who she's personifying in this song, um, in the interview that I was reading, they were talking about the music video that she released for the song because she did release a visual and the video has some fun with the theme and she, where um, Jojo's playing an actor in a commercial for anxiety medication is a made up one called Trinesta and the video has all the cliches from all the prescription drug commercials, right? 
it has Jojo like tossing and turning in bed at night. So insomnia. And then it has her running through a field of flowers. So like, oh, you take this medicine and all of a sudden, like your life is running through fields of pretty flowers and the weather is perfect. <laughs> uh, it has her going out on a date. So, ooh, automatically your love life improves if you take this pill, which is wild and then um it has her talking to a therapist which is like okay I guess we have to supplement this medication with actual therapy which is like duh of course we do (laughs) anyway here's a little bit of Jojo anxiety anxiety and stress and depression and sadness and all these different feelings that have really come up in waves for so many people during the pandemic I came across a short video on PBS News Hours arts and culture segment named Canvas this particular interview covered the journey of five clinicians in the ER department at Boston's Burgum and Women's Hospital in the video they're gathering on zoom and they're getting ready to meet with a singer songwriter named mary gothier they're meeting together to write a song to um collaboratively that captures their traumatic experience on the front lines as clinicians the project is a nationwide project it's called frontline songs and it's been happening across the country since september where small groups of first responders and healthcare workers They've been gathering virtually, um, mostly on Zoom, to process through their pandemic experiences. And they've been doing that through songwriting. Something that really stuck out to me was a quote included in the interview from one of the clinicians, Dr. Ron Hirschberg. I think it's how you pronounce his last name. But anyway, he said, I find that when someone's words are reflected back to them, And there's that validation through a song. It can be powerful. And to me, I was like, oh, that's true. Especially when you think about sometimes the reason why you like a song so much or you feel so connected to a song is because you can connect the lyrics to a personal experience of yours or the lyrics or musical elements of the song validate the way that you've been feeling about a circumstance or situation, right? So for me, most times... It's the lyrics that validate those feelings. And of course, I have to like the way the song sounds, of course. But um, recently, a few weeks ago, I experienced an example of when the musical elements of the song validated my feelings. And that's partially because the song didn't have words, which, okay, (laughs) we can give it that, I guess. But I attended the Hopkins Symphony Orchestra's comeback show a couple of weekends ago. And... The first piece that they performed was composer Carlos Simon's work, Elegy, A Cry from the Grave. So this piece was composed in 2015, and the description states that it's an artistic reflection dedicated to those who have been wrongfully murdered by an oppressive power, namely Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, and Michael Brown. But it was interesting because the element that I was able to connect emotion to 
were the moments of silence, right? There are moments of silence that were built into the piece that reminded me of the way that I feel when I see another black life taken on television um, or when I read another headline on my phone. There were moments where I could physically feel myself holding my breath. And that's typically the way that my body responds when I read news of that nature. So in those moments, I felt validated. I felt validated that that response was in alignment with the specific situation. And I also felt validated that I wasn't the only one who had a physical response of that nature, especially because those moments that were built into that piece evoked such a visceral response from me and from probably from others in the audience too, right? So back to the Frontline Songs project, there was a moment, there was a moment in the interview where the person interviewing the doctors and the healthcare workers asked a clinician, the process looked like therapy, was it therapy? And their response was, well, yeah, it became therapy, I think. And that made me think about how amazing it is um, that creative expression of this nature through music, especially when you're alongside other people, can feel like such a release. It can feel like therapy. And I wonder if the performers on the stage at Shriver Hall felt a collective release after performing Elegy. I wonder if the audience members who were sharing space with me felt the same release that I did when the piece was over. I wonder if the clinicians felt a collective release by being able to create music together based on um, their shared trauma. Uh, based on articulating their shared trauma through writing lyrics to a song. So anyway, I encourage anyone listening to this episode to go and listen to the PBS News News Hour segment. It's only about six minutes long, um, but it was a great abbreviated look at how music is helping to heal our clinicians who are still having to process through their own mental anguish um, as they're as they're providing the care that our communities need. So so the link will be placed in the episode description so that y'all can go check that out. So there is one more article that I want to discuss before we end the episode. I came across a, a written interview of a Loyola musicologist is what they describe him as. Um, but the Loyola University's music blog or faculty-based blog um, where they highlight different faculty members. They have an interview uh, with Dr. Remy Chiu. He's an associate professor of fine arts at Loyola. He specializes in Renaissance music and the history of medicine. He wrote this book named Plague and Music in the Renaissance, and that book examines the role of music and music making in um, the different strategies that have been implemented over time for combating fatal diseases. So cool. That is so cool to me. (laughs) But anyway, his research related to music of past epidemics has yielded some unexpected insights into the impact of music making during COVID-19. The part of the interview, though, that I want to highlight, there is a portion where he talks about some of the ways that music has been used during the pandemic, where he gives some pretty specific examples. 
So he starts with talking about how music regulates our mental and physical health, some general stuff, right? But he also talks about how music has been useful in addressing social isolation. Why is that so hard to say? Oh, some of the examples that he gives of music addressing social isolation. He talked about like how neighbors used to come out on their balconies to sing. You know, like you remember the videos of of um like excuse me, residents in Italy singing on their balconies um, or like videos of the people in New York on their balconies clapping and ringing bells for the healthcare workers or bringing their pots and pans together. So that creating music, yeah, I guess you could call that music. <laughs> the singing, yeah, the clapping, the bells, okay, but like banging on pots and pans, sure. We'll, we'll call that music for the sake of uh, the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, so... um. The act of neighbors doing that was helpful in addressing those feelings of isolation because we literally could not leave the house. So that was a way of um, neighbors being able to see other humans. (laughs) But he also talks about how those acts allow neighbors to check in on each other and and kind of test the temperature of the of the uh like test the energy of the community like are are people healthy (laughs) like are y'all alive um how's everybody feeling that was a way for folks to do that without leaving their homes so he also brought up that there was a marked or noticeable increase in collaborative music playlist making and sharing according to spotify so even me personally i did not use that feature a lot like i don't really make playlists like that to share until COVID. like when well let me say sharing music has always been an interest of mine where i'll send a link to a song to a friend or like if i hear a song i'm like i know somebody I know this song, this person would love this song. Um, I send the link to the song, but I do feel like I started to do that more during the pandemic. Maybe not me doing it more, but other people have engaged in in it more with me because usually it's just me sending it. But I I guess I've noticed that like I get songs too, or like people engage with me more when I do that. So that has been noticeable personally for me, too. So, yeah, so he talks about, you know, that increase happening according to Spotify's data and um, how it became a social activity or a safe way to communicate, um, a way for us to share our personal tastes, a way for us to engage in and that he calls it virtual gift giving. So when you send a song that someone would love, I, I mean, I consider that a gift. So I think that's pretty cool. Dr. Chio also talks about um, ways that music has been useful in communicating information about the pandemic. So I know everybody has seen the remix of Back That Ass Up, (laughs) how they turned that into a vaccination PSA. And then how like in the early days of the pandemic, uh, they were telling us like sing happy birthday twice while you're washing your hands to know that you've washed them enough for a long enough time. So music has been used to communicate important uh, health guidelines, which is awesome because think about um, how many different audiences that reached. That was literally the go-to guideline for hand washing. I mean, it was before pandemic too, but it was communicated. The song was used or associated with that guideline to reach more people. 
so yeah so those two are examples of how music has helped to regulate our behavior around health um, especially during the pandemic so the very last thing that I want to cover before we end the episode I want to tell you guys the top three ways that I've been using music to heal through the pandemic so number one at the top of the list or maybe I should start at three now let, let's start at one. So <laughs> number one at the top of the list, I have been attending sound bowl healing sessions. My first sound bowl healing session was in a group setting. And then my very next one after that was in my apartment at my home. The practitioner that leads these sessions, her name is Shana Thornton. Um, she is an RVA staple healer in the um, healing community. She not only um, not only leads the sound bowl healing sessions, but she also is a yoga instructor. The sound bowl healing sessions are a type of yoga. I cannot remember the name of it, but she tells us at the beginning of every class, since there are always new people um, who show up to have the experience, but she teaches all different kinds of yoga. This is just one of the types that she does. When you participate in a sound bowl healing session, you are normally in a really deep meditative state and the vibrations from the bowls that she uses um, are a source of cleansing. Um, normally, she does some sort of chakra cleanse, whether it's just a few of them that she focuses on, one or the whole body. It just depends on the week, um, what type of session you'll get. Anyway, hopefully one day I'll be able to go more into detail about the full experience. But if you have never been to a sound bowl healing session, there are a million videos on YouTube that can give you an idea of what one would look like. But I would highly suggest going to one in person because the feeling is completely different to feel those tones travel through your body and to feel. I mean, this episode, we talked a lot about release to feel the release of tension in your body or release of whatever you're trying to let go of in that moment is such a wild feeling. So I literally, I, anybody that I've met here in Richmond, I've suggested that they go to one led by Shana. The next thing, number two on the list of ways that I've been using music to heal through the pandemic is I talked a little bit about this earlier um, with the Isaiah Rashad track, but the one thing that I need when I'm working out is hype music. I need high level energy, high energy level <laughs> music um, to keep me motivated. So I have been choosing to attend music based workout classes. Those classes are hip hop cardio. A neighborhood friend hosts for his own personal business, hosts um, hip hop cardio classes. And he uses, it's choreographed. Um, they're choreographed classes that use up-to-date or recent current hip-hop music. And then the second form of class that I go to is called Extreme Hip Hop. I go to Extreme Hip Hop with Chalet on the East End, but there are at least, oh gosh, like six or seven different Extreme Hip Hop instructors in Richmond alone. I don't know if y'all have seen the step cardio videos where 
it's like step aerobics but with better music so they've really uh taken the step aerobics type of workout and modernized it well modernized the movement and updated the music too and that form of exercise is called extreme hip-hop created by feel i think he's based out of atlanta but that's the second form of music-based workouts that i do and that keeps me up and moving where i know that if i'm even if I don't go to the gym that week, those two classes alone, I've like completed my workout goal, like my calorie count for the whole entire week, probably because I burn so much, especially in extreme hip hop. And then number three on the list of the top three ways that I've used music to heal through the pandemic. I've talked about this so many times. Um, I even mentioned it again in this episode about how Sharing music is like a love of mine, a really deep interest of mine, my love language, whatever you want to call it, Um, sharing music with others. And then, like I said earlier, just that increased engagement where it's not just me sharing, but I'm getting songs back from friends that has really helped um, me to add like so many different songs to my to my liked song library um it has introduced me to so many new artists new types of music and that has really like been a great um a great coping mechanism through this really tough time well you guys that wraps up this episode of music heals you can find us on instagram at music heals pod we have changed our name (laughs) if you would like to share the ways that you use music to heal you can email us at music as a healer at gmail.com and see y'all next time